Amen. I greet you all this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Welcome to our Good Friday service. And I'm going to start off with a reading from the book of Luke chapter 9 and verses 23 and 24. And it says, Then he said to them all, If anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You know, we all are creatures of comfort. We like uh, to avoid pain whenever possible, whether it's physical or whether it's emotional. And we like to cling to that which is safe and secure and what makes us feel good. But sometimes we are so in control of our lives that we don't allow God to be in total control. And so when, when Jesus speaks here, he says, it, it says, then he said to them all, not to one or two, and not to one or two of us that are here this morning, but he said to all of us, if you want to be my follower, then deny yourself. Take up the cross and follow me. I'm reminded of uh, Simon when Jesus was on the, on the road to the cross. And as he was walking and uh, as he was struggling with the cross on his back, Simon was on the roadside and Simon took up the cross and helped Jesus. He could have done anything else on that day, but he denied whatever he was feeling. He got personally involved in Jesus' road to the cross and he helped him. What a powerful example that Jesus had not taught long ago. Most significant is the fact that Simon was not forced to do what he did. He did it willingly. And so today we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to deny ourselves and to take up the cross and follow him? That is why when Jesus speaks, he says, whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose his life will save it. Are we prepared this morning to say, I'm going to save my life, uh, I'm going to save my life so that, my, so that I am able to save God, to, to serve God. And I'm able to, uh, to do the things that God wants me to do. Uh, God doesn't force us to follow him. He doesn't put the cross on, on us. But he says, take it up willingly. Our decision is going to cost us something. If we notice with Simon on the road, there was a heavy lifting. There was rejection. There was personal interruptions. It's going to cost us everything. But are we willing to say, Lord, I am going to take up this cross and follow you. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning. Father, we pray that you will give us the courage and the strength and the endurance of God, even the stamina, Lord, to follow you in this life. We know that it is not an easy life, Lord. That, Lord, our human desires of God surface every day. And that, Lord, sometimes it seems like you're taking over our lives. But today we remember your words, O God, that says that if we want to be followers of you, we need to deny ourselves and take up the cross. And we know that it is not an easy road. But Lord, we know, Father, that when we take up this cross and we serve you and we follow you, that the rewards are so great. It's greater than what this world can offer us, Lord. So, Father, today we ask of you, Lord, to help us, to give us the strength, O oh God, from day to day to carry the cross and to follow you daily. I pray, Lord, that you will bless us today, Father. 
as we worship you, as we praise you, as we sit at your feet. We celebrate, oh God, the, the great significance of this time in the history of the church, in the time in the, in the history of the kingdom of God. Lord, of how you came and you saved us, Lord, and you gave us eternal life. And oh God, you've given us the keys of life, Father. We thank you this day, God, for shedding your precious blood and for giving us this life eternal. And so we give you praise and we honor you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. You're all blessed this morning. Amen. We're here to celebrate Jesus and lift his name on high. And more especially, we're here today because we thank God that we are, it, it was one year ago that we couldn't gather. And today we're standing here today to celebrate Jesus. Amen. So we can rejoice and we can put our hands together. Come on.
generations that your God will begin to speak to us. So when you move, oh God, darkness runs for cover. Let there be a change in our hearts. Can we sing that song? Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Amen. So come on, we're going to sing the song together as a prayer, not only a prayer, but also a declaration over every household, over every family, that God will begin to move on your behalf in Jesus' name. Amen.
that this morning we pray that God will heal. We pray that God will deliver. We pray that God will begin to speak into your life. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that the blood of Jesus avails? Amen. That means it, it is through the blood of Jesus we have the power and the ability to, to move forward, to experience the grace and the, and the power of God. So let us just partake of the table of the Lord this morning. Father, we bring these emblems before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that as we partake of this cup and as we partake of the bread, we do remember the Lord's death. And so today we pray, O oh God, that over these emblems, as your people will partake of it, may there be breakthroughs in their life. May they see divine healings. May they see, O oh God, that the lives of others are changed and transformed because of the grace of God in them. In Jesus' name, amen.
of the Lord this morning. I pray this morning that you would ask God just for a healing touch over your life. If you need of healing, this is physical healing, spiritual healing. Some of you that may be trusting God and saying, God, draw me just a little closer to you. I pray and I believe that this Good Friday, this Resurrection Sunday, this Easter, that you would experience the powers, the supernatural power of God at work in your life. I pray that you would also pray if you have found yourself distant from the Lord. This will be a time where you will draw closer to Him. But not only that, but you would experience the power and the grace of God at work in your life. Amen. And pray, uh, pray as well that you would remember your loved ones and family members that may not, you are trusting God that they would also have an encounter with God, that God will show up on their behalf in Jesus' name. So Father, as we partake of these emblems today, we pray healing, we pray restoration, we pray deliverance over the lives of your people. May they get to know you. May they experience the power of God and work in their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. You may partake of the animals. sing a praise song, yeah, man. Something that exciting. I know we sing all songs that you know, like, like mellow, you know, like we're gonna just sing, but we, let's just sing a song of celebration. Come, let's just stand together. He's a man of his word, amen. Come on, let there be a praise and a celebration of the
receive an amen. How many of you believe that he is a, God is a man of his word? Amen. I'm not saying he's a natural man, he's a man of his word. Amen. That we pray that the grace and the power and the presence of God may be upon you. Amen. The worship team, there's a seat there, you can have to grab that. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Let's, we're going to turn our Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. And I'm going to read from verses 11. We're going to look at that today. Amen. It's good to see all of you here this morning. Amen. It's a blessed day. Amen. We thank God for Good Friday. Amen. Last year, this time, we were on lockdown. But this time, we're in the house of the Lord. And I think there's no better time or better place to be in Caitlin. You can sit. There's a chair right here in front. Amen. Um, there's no better place to be than in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So let us read from the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verses 11. But when Christ came as a high priest of good things that are not already here, he went through the greater and the more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not part of creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered by the most holy place, once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and, and the ashes of the heifer sprinkled upon those thing, on those who were, were ceremonial, ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now he has died as a ransom to set them free from their sins committed under the first covenant. In, in the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will is in force only when somebody has died. And if it has, it is never in effect while the person is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses proclaimed every command of the law to all the people, he took the blood of the calves together with water and the scarlet wool, branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll upon the people. And he said, this is a blood of the covenant which God has made with you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled the blood of both on the tabernacle upon everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law required that everything be cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It, it, it was necessary then for copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but heavenly things themselves with these better sacrifices than this. For Christ did not enter the sanctuary made with human hands.
that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself and now appears for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again. The way that the high priest enters the most holy place every year with a blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Jesus would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once and for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. He will appear the second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to them that are awaiting for him. Amen. Now I know it's a bit of a long portion of scripture and I'm going to break it down for you. The whole picture in Hebrews chapter 9 is that Paul is making a comparison with the earthly tabernacle and the heavenly temple. And he is saying that the earthly tabernacle was made after the pattern of that which is in heaven. So he's saying that the earthly, pat, uh, uh, the earthly tabernacle was a copy of what has already been established in heaven. But he says not only was the tabernacle, that means the physical place, a, a, a copy of it. That means in heaven, in, in Revelation chapter 11, there says there's the Ark of the Covenant. In Revelation chapter 8, it says there's the golden altar of incense. In, in Revelation chapter 1 and chapter 2, it says there are the candlesticks, which was representative of the seven churches. And, and, but he says, also all of this was found even in the tabernacle. We know in the tabernacle which Moses built, there, there was the outer court. There was a place where sacrifices would off, off, be offered, the, the brazen altar, the, uh, the brazen labor where there would be washings. But then there was the inner court, the, or, or, or the holy place. And in the holy place, there was the table of showbread, where it had the, the showbread and it had the candlestick. There was the altar of incense that was also in, 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 the, in, the, in the holy place. But in the most holy place, there was the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I want you to understand, in, 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 in heaven, there's not the outer court. There's only the most holy place and the holies of holies. That means if you look at the records in scripture, it says there's the Ark of the Covenant, there's the golden altar where prayers and have been offered and incense will be offered, and there is the golden candlestick. Amen. And so I want you to understand this that he is making a comparison and he's saying there's a there, there's a temple, uh, the tabernacle on the earth was built after the pattern of that which is in heaven. Why, why was it so necessary? It was necessary because it was a mechanism that God gave to allow people to access God. So, the so as long as there was the tabernacle, there was something to symbolize man's access to God. And this was offered, that means uh, on the day of atonement, the priest will offer sacrifices and then he will take the blood of the, of the goat or the cow or the bull or whatever and he will take it and then he will place it. You place it on the horns of the around the ark of the covenant, and then you will place it on the mercy seat, amen. And and that was a way of saying God, we're asking for atonement for the people. 
Now he proceeds it like this. That atonement was based on ensuring an outward presentation of the people to God. That means it only affected the outward nature of God. It had to be done once a year. And it had to be done on a continuous basis in order to present people before God. But why is this so important today? Because Jesus, when, when he died on the cross, he says, this blood is for you. Remember, Ray Balls wrote a song many years ago, and some of you may remember it. It's, it was entitled, this blood is for you. This blood was to save a sinner. This blood was to, to heal the, the brokenhearted. This blood is for you. The, the emphasis of the song, uh, which I draw as a title for the message today, this blood is for you, was speaking about when the sacrifice was done, it was for the remission of sins. Now the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, in, in, in verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. That means, without Jesus dying for us, there would be no forgiveness. Remission means forgiveness of sins. And so today, how do I know that my sins are forgiven? Because Jesus went to the cross. Yeah. Amen. And then when he says, he says, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you. He was basically saying to you that now we don't need an earthly priest to present us before God. But we can have direct access to God. Now this is a very, very there's some very, very powerful truths out of this whole, whole encounter that I want to really draw our attention to this morning. And, and, I, and I pray that in some way I will get this, this message across to you. Now we know that whatever the furniture that is in heaven, we see that Moses was instructed to build it and place it in the tabernacle. And he says, build it after the pattern which is in heaven. Remember, the Old Testament was a shadow of things to come. That means anything that is a shadow means there has to be something original in order to come. That means the only time there will be a shadow of you is if you are there. Is that? That means there has to be, you, there must be a place, a building, a person in order for it to cast a shadow. So the Old Testament was a shadow of things to come. So it says, that's why Jesus says, as it was in heaven, let it be on the earth. That means there are certain things that are in heaven that God gave as examples through different mechanisms to restore man back to him. But it could not fully develop man uh, or deliver man. So this is what is important. That the Bible says the law was not able to fully de deliver man from sin. Therefore, it took Jesus coming and dying on the cross to begin to, to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that means it could not happen by the blood of goats and cows because it happened and it lasted only a year. So year on year, families will go go to the temple, they will go to Jerusalem, and they will offer sacrifice on behalf of the family. But why did they offer sacrifice? The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That means the shedding of blood or the atonement that was placed was that your sins will be forgiven you. Amen? How do you know, how can you live your life with, uh, with having no sin? The Bible says because Jesus pays the price for us. Now, we need to understand that sin did not originally originate in Eden. Amen? Sin didn't take place in Eden. 
Sin took place in heaven, in the very presence of God. Remember, when, when, when God created Lucifer, he was created as a worshiper. The Bible says he's the son of, uh, the, uh, the, son of the morning star. He, there was so much in him, but he was one of those things. And as he began to worship, and sometimes what happens today, the similar thing is when, 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 you, when, when you are good at doing something and people start to let you know it, sometimes you start to act like you know that you're good. And when you act like you know that you're good, you start to develop a spirit of pride. And so Satan developed a spirit of pride. And in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 15, it begins to speak about that how when Satan began to get prideful, he began to think of himself as God. Amen. And then the Bible says, and he was cast out of heaven. Not only was he cast out of heaven, but there was one third of the angels followed him. How many of you know that a bad apple always got followers? Amen. How many of you know some of the biggest influencers are troublemakers? It started with Lucifer in heaven. Amen. So don't find it strange when people that are creating problems got people following them. So don't be impressed by numbers. Don't be impressed because people got people following them that they are right. Just because you are followers doesn't make you right. It make, means that you are followed. It means you're influential. You could be a wrong influencer. I pray this, this, this year that you will be a, a right influencer. You'll be an influencer for the kingdom of God. So we see that original sin of pride comes from heaven. So, so this is why the Bible says God hates the spirit of a proud look. Why does God hate a proud look? Because every time he sees a proud look, he is reminded of how Satan, Lucifer, manifested in his presence. And sometimes pride can manifest even in the presence of God. And when pride manifests in the presence of God, God has to cast it out. And the Bible says God cast Satan and his, those followers out of heaven. So I want you to understand how did sin come into the earth? Sin came into the earth because God cast it out. And so when, when, when Adam sins, that origin of sin comes out of that place where they've allowed the spirit of the that was in the serpent, that was in Satan, to now manifest in man. Amen? So God says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So how God had to correct so when we look at the cross and we remember Jesus' death on, on the cross, it was not only for the salvation of man, but it was to restore to back into balance certain things. Amen. So the Bible says when Jesus died, he went into the earth. That means he went into, into hell and he conquered hell and death. And he took the keys from Satan. Amen. That means saying you no longer have authority under the earth, on the earth, he says, I've taken authority. And then he goes and restores things right. Why? How, how do we know this? In the book of Matthew, we, we read that, that, that in Matthew chapter 28, that we read that, uh, that when Jesus was put into the tomb, when Mary comes to the tomb, all she sees is the clothes or the cloths that was used to cover him, to embalm his body. Amen. 
in, in John chapter 20, uh, when, when you look at how they embalmed them in those days, there was, they used linen cloths and spices. They say the weight of it, the historians say that the weight of, of it could have been almost a hundred pounds. I don't know what a hundred pounds is in kgs. I think it might be more, right? About 120, 130, less. Oh, it's less. Okay, I didn't make so much fat. <laughs> you actually get thin. When you come in kgs, you get thin. In pounds, you're a little heavier. Amen. But almost 100 pounds, almost about 80 odd kgs. Amen. But he left all of those clothes. And then the Bible says when, when, when Mary comes to the tomb, she sees what is a garden and she says, let me know where, where you have laid him. And when he calls her name, immediately she says, Rabboni, Master. She recognized not him by how he looked, but she recognized him by his voice. Amen. And when she recognized him, what did he say? The next term Jesus says is, do not touch me because I have not ascended to my Father. Now, why was it so important that Jesus ascends to the Father? So we see in, in, in John chapter 20, immediately what happens is that Jesus ascends to the Father, and the Bible says he assumes the role as the high priest. As the high priest in the tabernacle will sprinkle the blood over all of the, uh, of all the tools that will be used in the tabernacle, to sanctify it for use. He will go into heaven and with his own blood because the Bible says he doesn't come in heaven. You could not sanctify with the blood of goats and cows, but Jesus brings his own blood, sprinkles it on the Ark of the Covenant, on the horns of the altar, on the mercy seat, on, 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 on the golden altar of incense, on the, on the candlestick as he sanctifies it. He assumes the role of high priest. That's why the Bible says he is a high priest that is touched with the feelings of infirmities. How was he made the high priest? It, it, it started off with him coming and now a, 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 a offering his own blood as for the forgiveness and for the remission of sin. Something had to happen in heaven that began to, uh, to set him up to be a mediator on our behalf. Jesus now comes and assumes the role of mediator. The Bible says in the same day, you have to look at it, in that morning, he's revealed himself to Mary, he said, don't touch me, I've just sent to the Father. In the afternoon, he comes into the room where all of the disciples are, and he says to Thomas, put your finger. Now you can touch him, why? Because when the priest was in the Old Testament had to offer sacrifices and offer atonement, nobody could touch him. To, for that, the time that he was doing the, the, the ceremonial act. But after that, he began to come. So he, what he said is, I finished. Yeah, yeah. So when Jesus makes the statement, I, it is finished. He's, he's basically saying, once and for all. Yeah, yeah. As Hebrews says, once and for all. Not all the time. Once and for all. When Jesus died and he offered his own blood. That's why he can come to us. In Romans and says, now you offer your bodies a living sacrifice unto God, which is your which is your good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That means it is your good and reasonable service. What you need to do before the Lord. He's saying, do it because I did it. What did it mean? It meant that in the Old Testament, 
The only access that people had to God was through the priest. You bring your sacrifices, the priest bless you, and you carry on. Now, sometimes we still have the Old Testament mentality in church. You come, and the priest now wears a suit and tie. Sometimes in a modern day church, he wears jeans and a t-shirt and big muscles. Amen. But, uh, uh, but he still does the same thing. You come, and he blesses you, and then you feel forgiven. But Jesus was coming to say, now he becomes our high priest. And the reason that we can go to him is because he's not fallible man. Amen. That means he's not prone to faults and to failures. Amen. And he goes and he corrects things. And he becomes our mediator. He becomes our high priest. Amen. He says we have this high priest that is in heaven. And then we also have direct access to him. So what was Jesus doing when he died on the cross? He gave, he restored access to heaven. He restored access to the heavenly father. What I want you to know today on this day that we celebrate the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we believe that we have direct access to the father. You know why is atonement so important? That means atonement was the shedding of blood, forgiveness of sins. Why was that whole process so important? It, because it spoke about that you are forgiven. Now, I want you to do, do this. You have to live in understanding that you are forgiven. Amen? The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ, who walks not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Many of us are not living our fullest lives that God has for us because we're living in condemnation. That means, what, what is condemnation? Condemnation basically means self-judgment. We are judging ourselves based on our mistakes, based on our, our, our past, based on the fact of things that we weren't able to achieve or attain. But I pray today that you would not live in judgment or in condemnation, that you understand that you are forgiven. Now, what does it mean to forgive it? That means your sins are washed away. They are no longer remembered. Amen? And you are completely delivered. Now, the only way you can come to that is if you come in salvation to Christ Jesus. Now, remember when Stephen, Stephen in the book of Acts, was being stoned. When he was being stoned for his faith, he lifted up his eyes towards heaven. And whilst he's being stoned, he says, I see Jesus Christ standing at the right hand side of the father paul says it like this that jesus christ is seated at the right hand of the father so there's two elements paul saying i see him seated at the right hand side of the father stephen says i see him standing at the right right hand side of the father but when we have to understand that through the process of atonement and atonement didn't last for one hour or two hours. It, sometimes it took a day or a few days. And for the time of atonement, the priest had to stand continuously. So when, 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 when Stephen has been stoned, Stephen prays a prayer and he says, Father, forgive them. Now it's similar to how Jesus, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Stephen says, Father, forgive them. When when Stephen announces and says, God, Father, forgive them, he was saying, Father, atone them. 
and Jesus stood as the high priest acknowledging the prayer of atonement. Amen. Now, I want you to understand, at the same time, Saul, the persecutor of the church, not Paul at that time, still Saul, but leading the attack against Stephen, is holding the garments of Stephen. And as he holds the garments of Stephen, at the same time he has an encounter with God. When Stephen prays the prayer, Father, forgive them. When, when he says, Father, forgive them, there's, there's an encounter starting to happen in the life of Saul, which in a few uh, chapters later, Saul on the road of Damascus, you will encounter Jesus Christ, give his heart to the Lord, turn his whole life around, and become one of the greatest, greatest uh, uh, conveyors of the message of Jesus Christ. So what am I saying? This Good Friday, this blood is for you. Without the faith, Shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So you are forgiven. That means you don't have to live in condemnation. That means you have to come to the place where you accept the gift of salvation. But the second part of it is you can forgive. You see, so one of the things that holds us back is unforgiveness. Many of us do not come into the full measure of what God has for us. Because we ourselves haven't forgiven. So the Bible says this. As it is in heaven, let it be on the earth. The earth is the pattern of the things that are in heaven. So if there's forgiveness, if the heavenly father can say, I forgive you. Shed his blood for our forgiveness. We can forgive others. What is holding you back from having direct access to the father? Sometimes hurt. Sometimes pain. Who do, I, who do I forgive? The Bible says forgive. It doesn't say who. It doesn't matter who was right and who was wrong. Even the one that wronged you, you forgive. And when you forgive, you release yourself from out of that pain. Some of us live in families where people have hurt you. And we hold that unforgiveness. And what it does is it holds the whole family back from coming into the fullness of what God has for you. So I pray this morning, on this Good Friday, understand Jesus shed his blood so that you can experience the power of forgiveness in your life. You can have direct access to the Father. Often when we look at Jesus' blood on the cross, we said it was for our salvation. Yes, it is. But it's more than that. God was restoring and reconciling man back to him. He was beginning to start to set in place his role and function as our mediator and our high priest. The Bible says he continuously, before God, makes intercession on our behalf. That means God prays on your behalf before God. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That means we have to understand we have a mediator which is in heaven which is Christ Jesus. What's a mediator? He's looking at your best interest. He's pleading your case on your behalf before the Father. If he can plead your case before the Father, can't we live right on the earth? Can't we live our fullest life? Can we, can't we live a greater measure of life? This, this, this Easter, may we, may we be drawn closer to God. I, I said this this morning, uh, even in our first service, I said, 
let, let us trust God this Easter that there will be such a presence of God wherever we go. Some of you are going to get to spend time with family. Some of you are going to share around the meal. I mean, there's no, there's no gathering without eating. Amen? And, uh, and some of us already know what's there for lunch. And some of you are thinking about supper when you don't even have lunches yet. And if you're anything like Joash, he's already counting three meals and he missed all three already. So, but, so, he, so he's going to catch up with breakfast and lunch together. But you know, you're going to do the same, right? If I phone you at 2 o'clock and say, let's have church, you say, no, Pastor, I can't make it. I'm just recovering from lunch. Amen? So, so even in your unconscious state, after you're full, amen, then we give thanks to God. Around your tables, this, as a family, pray over your family. Ask God's covering and protection. I pray this Easter, because we have the opportunity for churches to be open, may we trust God that there will be such a presence and power of God that will testify to the powers and even the leaders of our country that God can still intervene in the affairs of man. God can still show up on our behalf. Come on, let's just bow our heads together. Would you use a, a few moments while you've got your heads bowed and your eyes closed? You use this time to just ask God to move on your behalf. Move on behalf of your family. Use this time to say, Lord, reconcile me back to you. Use this time to say, Lord, I, as I access your throne room, help me to forgive. Amen. I've seen so many families. I've seen so many homes broken. seen so many relationships destroyed. Brothers and sisters not talking to each other. Family not talking to each other. And a lot of it has birthed out of unforgiveness. There's some hurt, some pain that has been there. But today, Lord, forgive me. The Bible says, if I would desire iniquity and unforgiveness in my heart, God will not hear my prayers. But I pray today, God will move on your behalf. He will hear your prayers. He will bless you. He will bless your household. He will bless your family. In Jesus' name, take this moment right now. Say, Lord, forgive me. If there's anything you're holding in your heart. Even if someone has wronged you, say, Lord, I forgive them. I release it right now. You don't, you know, that person could be like a soul. Just ready for an encounter with God. And all it took was you releasing them. Lord, let healing come. Let deliverance come. Let breakthrough come. Father, we do not, do not want to go another year carrying all this weight upon us. Forgive us because you love us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Amen. Come on, let's just stand to our feet.